Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Right about now. The Funk Soul Brother, right check it out now. now. EDH music, blah, 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 right blah. Now. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 50. How's it? I am Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm, not. I'm Jimmy Wong. <laughs> yeah, and you're listening to the 50th episode of The Command Zone. Wow, dude, we did it. We have nothing special planned outside of a fun episode. Actually, We it's, actually it's, just sort of realized that it's episode 50, and we're like, we should do something. <laughs> that <laughs> to, was the something, what you just was, heard. Yeah. <laughs> just us <laughs> screaming in delight at 12 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's late. Yeah. We're a little tired because... Well, Jimmy had to go see Mad Max tonight, so that pushed our recording time back. And you know, I thought the movie—I thought the movie was gonna be like an hour and a half. No, it was two and like two hours plus of yeah. just explosions. I was yeah. like, how could you even afford this? Like, usually <laughs> these kinds of movies are short because they cost so much to make. <laughs> I was amazed when I stepped out of the theater. I was like, it's nine. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, so it's episode fifty. Uh, Let's just do a shout out to our listeners. Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Those of you yeah, that have been around so since much, episode one, awesome. Those of you that joined us when you heard us on Brainstorm Brewery or when Wedge came on or uh, the professor came on, you guys are awesome too. Yeah, we're, we've had such a good time doing it so far. Uh, we, we're going to keep doing it, obviously. And uh, yeah, I just can't believe we're at 50 already. It seems like it came really fast. I mean, we cheated. Yeah. Uh, we did cheat by doing two episodes a week. Yeah, uh, but it's twice as much content. So hey. we still have to do the episodes. So yeah. <laughs> it's not totally cheating. It's more like fast bond than it is like channel. That's right. We did fast bond ourselves there. Yeah. Um, make sure you guys tell your friends about the podcast as well. I'm unless you don't want them learning all the secrets. Of course. No, no. You should tell them because you want your friends to become better at you know building their decks and playing the game. So that'll make you have to for or to force you into like doing the same thing and that's how you get really good. And that's how you have more fun playing. Yeah, exactly. You, it gets more complicated. Yeah. Like you can level up with your play group. It's awesome. Um yeah, tell your friends about the podcast. We'd love to have them as listeners as well. And of course, hey, free prizes. Come on guys. Free prizes. Prizes left and right. Let's actually talk about our contest. We talked about this Speaking on Speaking of free prizes. Yeah, we talked about this on Tuesday. We are a contest sponsored by Delray Books. We've mentioned their books before and it turns out these guys actually have a commander play group as well, which is really exciting. Um the novel The Warded Man by Peter V. Brett is going to be sent out to some lucky winners. It could be you. It could be you. So keep 
listening to the show. Right before the end step, we will announce the winners of the brand new shiny Warded Man books, which is an awesome book. I have read it a few times, actually. Yeah. Um, so, And then after you read it, we definitely want to hear what you think. Uh, so tweet at us, you know, after you get your book and read it. Mm-hmm. So if you guys listened to Tuesday's episode, we announced how to enter to the contest. That's why you guys should always, of course, listen to every episode of the Command Zone. Because <laughs> you always, have, you know, you never know when there's going to be a never prize. Know. You never know. It could be the 50th episode. It could be just the, the 51st episode. It could be a, a prize, a giveaway. Who knows? It doesn't you have to tie to a number. Ne- you never know. You, you never, never, never know. You never know. Uh, unless it's Dragon Week. In which case, there's going to be tons of giveaways because I can't wait to do it again next year. But yeah, uh, we announced how to enter in the last episode. We'll announce the winners at the end of the show. Uh, Thank you again to Delray Books for helping ship out and supply these awesome books to our listeners. Yeah, very exciting. And we're excited to continue to do this promotion with them uh, in the future also. So there'll be more books that you can win. So don't worry. If we don't call your name this time, you get a chance next time. Yeah. All right. And we are also on YouTube. Another announcement. You guys can check out the channel. Uh, The links will be below. You can subscribe to our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our YouTube page page yeah it's an easier way if you uh have youtube subscriptions to get a an email notification when the video goes mm-hmm. up or just to see it on your front page when you go to youtube.com um if you guys don't know we do full on video versions of every single one of these podcasts we have cool dynamic backgrounds that we're working on um it's all pretty and very relaxing to look at and we show you all the cards oh yeah we should say uh we forgot to mention this on last episode yes we should say that if you have watched our videos in the past, we've been working on some animation for the backgrounds. So um, I actually took a bunch of the art from Magic the Gathering and then animated it. So our, we're going to have some new fancy animated backgrounds uh, on these newer episodes. So it's definitely worth going and checking those out. Um, mm-hmm. They look pretty cool if I do say so myself. Yeah, definitely. And it's like great. It's like kind of like a free screensaver if you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. You know, put it up on the second monitor if you're at work. Don't uh, slack off, of course. But Just hey. tell your boss when he walks by. He's like, what is that? Oh, it's a screensaver. It's a screensaver, yeah. It shows random magic cards occasionally. And, yeah. uh, but also, I'm doing my work. Yeah. I'm uh, totally don't, working. Don't mind when it shows at JF Wong, at Josh Lee Kwai on the road. That's a... Those are the those are the guys that made the screensaver. I will get those TPS reports done on time. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. So we're on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel. Um, that's it. We're gonna potentially upload some fun content there in the future. But it's also just a great way to get all the stuff delivered to you in video format. So um, if you're not driving around and watching the episodes, you can do it. Oh yeah. Don't watch them in your car. <laughs> Only listen in your car. Unless you're parked. Clearly. Good point. While you're driving your car, don't we? Yeah. yeah. But it is nice to be able to see the art and the car when it comes up, and that's why the video is there, because it's another way to learn, because you learn by looking at something visually, hearing it, by playing with it in your hands. You know, All these things add together to help you become a better player. All Very well said. Um, and lastly, before we get into our main topic, which we should say our main topic today is going oh, yes. to be a revisitation of a deck that we talked about in the very first episode. Yeah. So we're revisiting Marchesa, or Marquesa, or however the heck you pronounce I it. I like the way they do it on the website. Marchesa. Marchesa. That's how we originally pronounced it, and then we switched to Marquesa, and then we found out that Wizard wants us to pronounce it Marchesa. But then, of course, Wizards doesn't actually know how things are supposed to be pronounced, so now we don't even know who we're supposed to believe. Yeah, it's Marchesi. Marchizaroni. Marchizaroni. It's kind of uh, like a hell of a. <laughs> so this is our first revisiting of a deck, and we've yeah. retuned it, and we've sort of, we both went in different directions with it. So we have two different versions, and we're going to talk about all the stuff, why we decided to totally revamp it, and why we each chose the direction we did. 
Um, but before we get into that, one last thing. GP Vegas, uh, coming up, the gathering that we're hosting. We've been talking about it a lot. Um, we have the information now. It's very exciting. Yes, we've got all the info gathered up. Josh and I have uh, contacted a bunch of different places in Vegas. Got the best deal because we got to min-max this too, and we found the best place to have our gathering. Well, you're a magic player. you got to min-max everything, right? So, okay, we've talked about the date. It is Thursday, May 28th, so that's a week from uh, when you're hearing this podcast. Uh, if you listen to it the day it gets released, I guess. Uh, it's going to be from 7 p.m. until 1 a.m. Um, it's going to be at the Plaza Hotel, which is in downtown Vegas, uh, just at the end of Fremont Street. And we're going to have a banquet hall there. Uh, there's going to be snacks, soda, beer. It's going to be yes. sweet. It is going to be sweet. Uh, but it's not endless, and it's not definitely not a replacement for dinner. So uh, make sure you guys do eat something before you show up. Um, otherwise, you're going to just have a, a lot of snacks in your belly for all night, and that will not be fun for you. Yeah, that's a really good point. Please eat dinner first. We are going to have food and beverages, but it's not going to be probably enough for like a full meal. Um yeah, and uh, so bring your best, most unique EDH deck. That's the most important thing. Yes, definitely. We're going to be giving out tons of prizes for stuff like most unique deck. Also, just like Spirit of the Game Award. Uh, I think that's probably going to go to someone under the age of 10 if they show up <laughs> just for being a player. Um, but yeah, we're going to be giving away <laughs> just fun random prizes throughout the night. Um, we're also going to be doing tons of conspiracy mashup drafts and maybe some chaos drafts. Whatever, basically anything cool that we can come up with. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We're going to play a lot of that stuff by ear, but there will be prizes to give away. Wizards has given us a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and also, there's going to be a bunch of uh, prominent members of the community we're hoping there. Woohoo! Yeah, so like the professor from Tolarian Community College has said he's planning on coming. Uh, Reverend Enfuego from BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Oh, yes, the wonderful Alex and Ben from Masters of Modern, our sister podcast. And uh, hopefully, as well as some of the guys from the Five Commanders podcast and some of the Brainstorm Brewery crew. So lots of really awesome guests, lots of really awesome people. And uh, they've all been guests on our show, so we are very happy to have them there. Yeah, for sure. So we have a Facebook event set up. There'll be links in the show notes. That's a good way to go and find the specific details since you're probably driving or, or you know, you, I'm, I doubt that people wrote all this down. So that's the place <laughs> to check that out and also to let us know that you're coming because we do have a general head count. But, you know, if you haven't let us know previously or even if you have, uh, you can check in there. And then also following us on Twitter is a really good idea just because as it gets closer to the event, you know, if any particulars change or you want updates, then that's going to be the best way to sort of keep the most up to date. Yeah, exactly. And we know a lot of you guys don't have Twitter. Uh, you guys have let us know that. And of course, we also like had us, you guys RSVP through email, but I'm pretty sure most people have Facebook. So go ahead and RSVP on the Facebook event page. It's all in the more info uh, below the podcast in the show notes. And yeah, if you guys want more up-to-date notifications, we're also going to be sending out messages from Facebook if something drastic happens, like the change in venue or whatever. But in general, just small updates. Um, also, as to where Josh and I may be in Vegas, if you guys want to meet up beforehand, uh, just follow us on Twitter at CommandCast. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be really important. If you're in town for the GP and you... Well, if you can't make the gathering, or even if you can... Uh, Following us on Twitter is going to be a really good way to find us because we're hoping to find people for EDH games like in between rounds or once we drop out or, you know, there's all day Friday where the GP hasn't even started yet. So, you know, we want to get to see and meet as many listeners as possible. And Twitter is going to be the best place to just connect. And I know people are really hesitant uh, to join Twitter if they're not already on it. 
I mean, you can join it and then quit and then just delete your account right after the GP if you want to do that. But, you know, yeah. we want to be able to meet you, and that's really the best way. Yeah, exactly. Think of it as a, uh, like, you know what? You can sign up for those, like, SMS services where it's like, oh, you get a text every time something happens or whatever. Just imagine it's kind of like that. Uh, you don't have to follow anyone you don't want to. And if you're done with Twitter and you don't want to use it afterwards, just, you know, never open the app again on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so definitely check out the show notes for all that information. If you guys have any extra questions, you can email us at commandcast at rocketjump.com, post on the Facebook event page, or tweet at us at commandcast. Cool. All right, let's move into our main topic. And we are revisiting Marchesa. Marchesa. Marchese. All right, let's uh, read Marchesa really quickly. Uh, it's Mar- Marchesa the Black Rose. She costs one and Grixis, so that's one blue, black, and red. Four total for a legendary creature. Human wizard, she's a 3-3. She has Dethrone, which says whenever uh, this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a 1-1 counter on it. She also says other creatures you control have Dethrone. And then her last text is whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies... Return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So pretty cool. Yeah, lots of stuff going on there. Dethrone's a big thing. She recurs your guys. Basically, the big part is if anything you control dies and it has a one-one counter on it, it comes back into play yeah. at the beginning of the next end step. That's Dethrone the- is just one way of getting that plus one plus one counter on. It's inherently great for multiplayer because you're always attacking the person with the most life total or tied for it. Uh, and there is a lot of shenanigans that can happen. Also, notably, this isn't broken because it doesn't happen immediately. She comes, the, the stuff it, comes it, back at the end step. End step, yeah. So there is a period of time uh, where Marchesa isn't on the board, where she might be sitting on the gra- in the graveyard. There's lots of stuff that graveyard that shenanigans, her, graveyard yeah. hate can sort of get rid of her. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's not like infinite stuff directly with that recurrence ability. Notably, you can also steal people's stuff, sack them, and get them kind of permanently. Oh yeah, we'll talk about control. that in a minute yeah. because of the wording. Um, but there's well, lots of fun stuff to do with this. And so Josh and I, over the the months since we deck tech this, have built two different decks. Yeah. So, well, let's go back in time and talk about the original deck that we talked about in episode one. Now, if you want to, you can listen to episode one and hear that. In fact, I recently listened to the first episode. How was it? It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was horrible. I don't want to listen to it. Although I remember when we recorded it being like, that was great. Yeah. (laughs) It's horrible. You, like, within the first two syllables that you say i'm like oh wow we're way better now oh wow yeah because it's just for one i sound like i'm just like half asleep (laughs) like the energy level is like super low key yeah we didn't even know each other that well back then we just kind of were like want to do a podcast yeah let's do it we played magic but not not a ton like yeah well we certainly hadn't spent hours and hours just talking to each other and recording it trying to be a radio broadcast (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh it's it's tough to listen to um (laughs) A ringing endorsement. <laughs> just from the quality level. But also... The audio quality level is still high, though. Yeah, that's that. actually true. The audio <laughs> level, you, you nailed it from the start with that. Um, <laughs> the editing's good, I suppose. Yeah. But the deck itself was a deck we built around the modular mechanic. And modular creatures are artifact creatures that come in with plus one, plus one counters. And when they die, you can take those counters and put them on other artifact creatures. Um, we basically thought Dethrone was like bad and tough to control because it sort of forced who it it told you to attack certain players Mm -hmm. rather than you allowing sort of strategy to determine who you attacked yeah Um, and that still stays true i think it is tough to control it is although you found a way around that with your build which i which i i very much liked um yeah so did you actually (laughs) so let's talk about what was sort of wrong with that build that we talked about in the first one 
Yeah. Uh, you had to get a lot of modular cards out for one to really make it work, and there was a lot of things and pieces that had to go with that. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, Mar- and the modular is not an artifact creature. So right. modular modular doesn't really even work with her. And one of the things you really have to do with the Marchesa deck is protect her. Yeah. So you need to get 1-1 one, one counters on her. And modular doesn't do that in any way. So you have all these creatures in there that just don't interact directly with the, the general. Now, she allows them to recur, but there's it's just way harder to protect her, which I think was a big issue. Yeah, and the modular cards themselves just aren't that powerful. That's a really good point. A lot of them are like 1-1s one, for 1 yeah. or a 1-1 one, one flyer for 2. Pretty just womp womp. Arcbound Ravager is super powerful, but the rest of them are just like undercosted, slightly inefficient. And because you can't have the redundancy of having four of each copy or anything, mm-hmm. you know, you've there's only like eleven or twelve modular creatures. Yeah. That those existed. cards yeah. those cards are also not winning you the game anytime soon. Yeah, they're not gonna attack and win. And so just recurring them with sac effects, it just ended up being like the deck just didn't do a lot. And then often Marchesa would just get removed or tucked at the time, and you just be completely hosed. The whole deck doesn't even do anything now because yeah. the modular creatures just aren't good on their own, and you had a really hard time protecting Marchesa with that deck. Yeah, you're trying to essentially play on your own board according to your own rules, and if you didn't get the right pieces together, it just kind of fell flat on its face. Yeah. And someone else is like casting like Massacre Worm or Grave Titan and just being like, oh, guess what? This card by itself is way better than your six cards trying to like fiddle around and have a fun time. Yeah, like, wee, you're wee. doing all this crazy <laughs> stuff. I hate you for 12. Yeah. <laughs> Blight Steel Colossus? Unblockable? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I also think like it shows we've gotten a lot better with just deck building in general and especially explaining it on the show, but just the deck seemed really low on card draw and mana ramp. Um which, Why? <laughs> yeah, which is just something that we've really shorn up l- lately in our decks, and our decks just always have enough of that. And it's just such, it's just so much of the glue that holds a good deck together. It's just those yeah. things. So, um, all right, let's talk about what we did about it. So, those are all the issues we saw with the original deck, mm-hmm. and then this is sort of where we diverge because we we each did separate builds. Yep. Uh, um, by the way, if you're an astute listener, you probably have already guessed what Josh did with it, but we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have definitely referred to it in the past. Um, yeah. All right, uh, well, let's let's talk about yours first, Jimmy. Yeah, this is probably the, my deck is the version that we've talked about the most. Um, this was actually she. My chase is kind of my first commander in a way. Uh-huh. I started with Drownu Lich Lord, which was just blue black, and I eventually evolved that to Helva, which is Grixis as well. And that eventually became Marchesa when she came out because I saw the colors and I was like, this is this is the the deck I want to make. Because mm-hmm. um, it had a ton of... It was a 4CMC general, so you could get it out pretty easily. And for me, I really like the idea of stealing other people's stuff. Because right. at the time, Insurrection was one of my favorite cards in EDH because I was like, how does it get better than this? And it's great with Mar- Marchesa. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Oh, we should read really quickly... Um, so the part of Marchesa that sort of works with um, with stealing other people's stuff oh, right, are what right. we call threaten effects. So a threaten effect is an effect that takes somebody's creature just for the turn. So Gives usually it haste it, usually. Yeah, usually it says something like uh, gain control of target creature, untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. Mm-hmm. So you have to give it back at end of turn. And but Marchesa says uh, whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So what you do is you steal their creature, you attack somebody with the most life, so it's dethroned, so that card, that creature gets a plus one, plus one counter on it, and then you sacrifice it, 
mm-hmm. and it had a plus one plus one counter on it, so it comes back to play under your control for good after that. So that's the reason that Marchesa works really good with what we call threat and effects. Insurrection being the biggest threat and effect there is because it takes everybody's creatures all at once. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. <clears throat> Usually it says under uh, its owner's control, and then it would go back to the original person. But because it says under your control, then the threat and effect... It's essentially a new card when it comes back, yep. so it doesn't have the old text of return this to its owner's control at the end of, at the end of the turn, or even like sacrifice this at the end of, at the end of turn. Um, so this is really nice. <clears throat> Marchesa also we should mention is really resilient to board wipes in a way because if the plus one plus one counter is on her, you can sack her or have her die in any number of ways when a board wipe happens, and her effect hits the stack and it won't trigger until the end step, and she'll come back. She won't have a she plus triggers one plus. herself. She basically. triggers herself. Yeah. Um, so she's hard, she's very resilient in that way. That's why, if for instance, the thing is she does spend a whole amount of time, usually a couple of phases or whatever, in the graveyard, and that's when she's the most vulnerable because she's your general, and she could get... She's I mean, your general. It's true. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I guess in this case, because the, the tuck rule is gone, actually, it's a lot better because... Yes, it's way better. Yeah. It makes her a lot more powerful. Because I believe if she's in the graveyard and someone tries to exile her, yes. then you can just put her back in the command yeah. zone. Anytime she would change zones, you can choose to put her back into... Right. Yeah. So, um, And the last thing about your deck that I really like is that you learn, you sort of figured out a way to use Dethrone to your advantage by controlling your own life total. Yeah, that's uh, probably the most important thing is because if you are not careful, you're dethrone, you dethrone someone and then it's like, oh, I guess I'm on the throne now because I attacked all these creatures. And you can't attack yourself... Yeah. So yeah, you never want to be the one with the most life because then Dethrone's turned off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's talk about my build. So my build has sort of stretched a little bit. It it went into threat and effects where I would steal some and then sack it and keep it forever. And then I realized that how much hate it was drawing and people started tucking uh, Marchesa really, really, really... Uh, like actively, actively, aggressively. Yeah. She would always get countered and I realized it's probably because I'm stealing everyone's stuff and they don't like it when I steal their stuff. So I kept a little bit of the threat effects in there, but I just sort of uh, got rid of some cards that gave too much aggro and just took in some new cards from new sets and decided to be more self-interactive in a way. So like I'm having a lot of fun making my board bigger, but it doesn't necessarily make your gameplay experience worse. Mm -hmm. But it puts me in a better position to hopefully win. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I chose this direction mostly just to stop drawing hate. <laughs> well, let's uh, talk about some key cards that are Let in, us in. talk about some key cards. Uh, Ray of Command actually used to be in there. I actually took it out uh, for just... Because it was a one-time use, and I was like, eh, I don't want it. But Ray of Command is a great card in this deck. It's three in the blue for an instant. Untap target creature in the opponent controls and gain control of it until end of turn. It gains haste, and when I lose control of this creature, tap it. So it's actually a really good threat and effect in general it's an instant which is unlike most threat and effects yes that's the big part they can attack you you can be like oh, i'll grab that one of your creatures and block your own creature with and it and then put a counter on it somehow and then sack it yeah or i can just grab it during my turn and do that so yeah yeah uh so ray of command is really good uh i started working more actually i realized in this deck with reanimation effects mm-hmm. because i found there's a lot more fun to be had in terms of cards coming back from the graveyard and stuff that applies to that uh and also stuff that had like persist and stuff on it right and cards so like, stuff's gonna come back no matter what even if she's not out yeah exactly because we i mean we talk about that a lot the deck needs to function without the general as well um and one of my favorite cards to use in commander to get cards back is victimize uh, it's a sorcery for two in the black choose two target creature cards in the graveyard sacrifice a creature if you do return the chosen cards to the battlefield tapped so you get freaking two cards for sometimes a token or sometimes mana. that card that you sacrifice has a plus one, plus one counter on it mm-hmm. so that it just comes back. So you basically 
two cards into play for nothing. Yeah. Ideally, the, the point of my deck is you never want a creature dying and you're unhappy about it. Right. Usually when creatures die in this deck, you're like, great, that's fine. I'll get it back later. Or it was awesome because it's going to come back. Or it has persist on it or something. Right. Or bring something else back when it dies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all, all the cards are able to do that to a reasonable degree. Um, another card that was a all-star that I found out about in Conspiracy was Treasonous Ogre. Mm-hmm. And this is really about controlling life total. It's three in a red for a 2-3 Ogre Shaman with Dethrone on it. And you can pay three life to add red to your mana pool. So, so. it's kind of like a really, f- it's like a fair channel almost. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a super powerful effect by itself is you're turning life into mana. And then if you all also want to actively lower your life total just so that you're not on the throne, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And then you can attack someone. Yeah, this is a great addition to the deck. It's really, really powerful. Yeah, sometimes it just wins the game too because it's like, crap, if I only had three more mana this turn, well, yep. it's like, Treasonous Ogre. Yep, I do. I'll just cast Insurrection on turn, you know, six instead of turn eight. Yeah, and when you cast that card, you win the game. So being able to just do that, and in general, losing life is an okay thing in this deck. Like, I have land like Ancient Tomb in here that taps for two colorless mana, but does two damage to you. Mm -hmm. You're totally fine with that in general, because, I mean, the way that I play this deck is you hold up a strong enough board so that people don't mess with you. And you're kind of board wipe immune because of Marchesa and stuff. And you just want to whittle everyone else down with you until a point where you can cast an insurrection and reliably kill everyone. Right, because everybody's at five or six. Yeah, exactly. Or you just are at that point where you can kind of do it. Uh, Another card that came out recently, um, actually, it's the card that Wedge spoiled on the Manasaurus. Mm -hmm. It's Damnable Pact. X black black sorcery. Target player draws X cards and loses X life. So it's great because it's controlling your life total and drawing cards. Yeah, exactly. So you're always going to be able to replace the card that you cast with more, and you can very specifically choose exactly how much life you want to, li- want, uh, to lose. And also, you can sometimes kill someone else with this card mm-hmm. by forcing them to lose X life and drags cards. Very cool. Let's talk about some cards that are still there from that original build. Yes, the number one card is Unspeakable Symbol, and this is like the... The card that I think every Marchesa deck has to have. It's one black black for a three drop enchantment. Pay three life, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of doing what, what Treasonous Ogre does, where you're going to sort of control your life total. And it's also, doing what the deck really wants to do, put yeah, plus one plus one counters on stuff. At instant speed. Yeah. So This card was made for Marchesa. Yeah, it was. Even um, though it was made before her. The thing is, actually, and what I realize is that and we'll talk about this with your deck as well, but there are in Grixis, there aren't that many cards that give plus one, plus one counters. Yes, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Unspeakable Symbols is one of the few that does it at instant speed and reliably. Um, otherwise, that's usually an effect that's limited to uh, green, specifically. Yeah. Uh, Green-blue kind of has that plus one, plus one counter stuff going on. Um, and another card that remains from the old as Grave Pact slash uh, Dictative Erebos, which is essentially enchantments that whenever a creature you control dies, everyone else has to sacrifice a creature. So it's an edict on a stick. And we see often when you play this deck <clears throat> that you'll get the whole entire game into this lock where you are able to sacrifice your guys constantly because they keep returning. Yeah. And so nobody else can really keep a uh, creature on the table. They can't keep up with it, yeah. at least. Token decks are okay against this, but in general, like... If you're playing a Rafik deck or something, you're uh, in yeah. huge trouble once you get Grave Packed out because you can just you can just sack a creature or two creatures every single turn mm-hmm. and they just can't keep up with it. Yeah, and a lot of your creatures you want dying because they come back with Persist yep. and then you have other cards that take advantage of that, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, Grave Packed, Dictative Erebos are both pretty much the most powerful cards in the deck outside of like Once you get those out, it's like, uh-oh, <clears throat> we might just be locked out of the game here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, notable cards that are now gone from the old build, and this is the big one, is figuring out which cards that don't fit anymore. Obviously, all the modular guys are gone. Yep. 
Uh, there was just too much dirtliness that didn't work with any of it. And another one that people might think would be a great fit for the deck is Perforos God of the Forge. Yeah, listening to the first episode when we talked about the original Marchesa deck, we talked about Perforos a lot. We thought he was the like one of the best cards in the deck. He kind of is the bee's knees in this deck, but he, he is... He turns out he's not that great. What no. I found in that old deck is that he's just too slow. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought, oh, we're going to be sacking creatures. They're going to be coming back into play constantly. And then it's like... No, actually, you're going to do that, but it's going to be one or two creatures a turn. And so what ends up happening is like, yeah, you do four damage to everybody. Then the next turn, you do four damage to Like, that's going to take forever. That's not mm-hmm. the way you're going to win. And everyone's going to hate you for yeah. that. Like, hardcore hate you. It's just too slow in this deck. It's not like a token deck where you're going to just put out 12 guys all in one turn and just mm-hmm. do a massive amount of damage. So, yeah, yeah Perforos, I, I get why you took him out. I, he's not in my deck either. And, um, yeah, I think it was a good... It was a good uh, I mean, the deck actually surprisingly doesn't have much red in it. I yeah. think uh, super surprising since you're Jimmy the Red. I know, but it does have red in it. So <laughs> I mean, Greater Gargadon yeah. is another card it's that is heavy on red. Oh yeah, from the old build, which is my favorite sacrifice outlet of all time because you get to do artifacts, creatures, or land on, and you just get to do it. <laughs> and, and eventually, you pop out the nine seven, which is like, all right, cool, I'm down with that. Um, so this is my the most exciting part is new sets came out and new cards existed that are all amazing for this deck yep uh and the first one by far is reform and this is a card that's printed with the commander 2015 set. you use the heck out of this guy and it is it's, it's brutal scary. yeah if you get a plus one plus one counter on reform you essentially have a reproduction factory of just yep. the biggest scariest things and with a sack outlet you're happy to just create these monsters reform is a three and one blue drop creature uh it's uh, a zero one creature worm it's underwater it looks like a little parasite it's terrifying when reform dies put a three three blue fish creature token on the battlefield with when this creature dies put a six six blue whale creature token on the battlefield with when this creature dies put a nine nine blue kraken creature token onto the <laughs> battlefield so if you have a sack outlet you can immediately make this a nine nine for four mana yeah, and what happens is if you get a 1-1 one, one counter on it, you sack it, it makes the next level up, basically, but mm-hmm. then the original reform stays. Comes back. I've seen you do it where, like, you've done that, like, <laughs> five or six times, and so it's like, if anybody board wipes, you have six dudes that get bigger. Yeah. And then if they board wipe, you have six dudes that still get bigger. Like, it's th- this thing is crazy in this deck. Yeah, the fact that it comes back at instant speed, so if someone attacks at you with, like, a giant creature, you can be like, all right, I'll sacrifice my reform, like... A token until it becomes a nine nine and block it, or just until it becomes a or six. Or I'll just block your dude, and then it'll just die, and it'll get bigger. Yeah, exactly. Or and if you like, want, I take yeah. zero damage, and or my guy trades with it, and guess what? He becomes bigger or whatever. But yeah, and the you're reform right. comes back at instep. So yeah, the best part is definitely that you get to avoid board wipes with reform. Yeah, it's just it's this thing that just sits there, and not just, just keeps avoid. Evolving. You actually get stronger with a board wipe. Yeah, yeah. a card like reform is also great with like progenitor mimic. Yep, you know anything that just spits out more of it because it's just this endless cycle, and board wipes don't do anything against it. People just have to. the and worst this... part is literally that it's not that the board wipes do nothing; they actually they make, make it you worse. stronger. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like the board wipe is actually not the answer; it's part of the problem. Like, how do you you have to exile basically? Yeah, yeah. Merciless exactly. eviction is like one of the few cards that does stuff. Yep, um, and it's also funny because if you can't get a plus one plus one counter on, just skull clamp it, draw two yeah, cards, and fine. just be fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you have all these <clears throat> reanimation effects, so you can always get it back. Yeah, I'm always happy if I see reform in my hand. Yep. Um, another card that uh, I didn't put on the list, but it's Chasm Skulker. Oh, yeah. This uh, was when, on the original. 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, we won't talk about it again. But Chasm Skulker essentially gets plus one, plus one counters for every card you draw. And then when it dies, you put X, one, one blue squid creature tokens. It's a little similar to Reform, but not yeah. as good. This is definitely Skull Clamp's best friend. Yeah. You sack it, and then you have all these little dudes you can, you know, stick to the Skull Clamp. Um, Sidisi, Undead Vizier. Actually, Exploit was a huge new addition to the deck. Yep. Because, again, this is a deck that wants to just get rid of things and doesn't care for it uh, because it's coming back one way or the other. And Sidisi is essentially demonic tutoring for you, but it also comes as a 4-6 death touch creature for 5 mana. Yeah, she's 4-6 death touch, and then she has exploit, and that you sacrifice a creature, and then if you do that, then she demonic tutors. Yeah, so you can also do it for herself, so it's just a 5-mana detutor if you don't have anything else on the board, but in general, there's going to be something you want to sacrifice. And One of these little, like a reform or a Yeah, or even the Chasm Skulker when it has yep. 10 counters on it or whatever. Yep. So it's great because, you know, you just get... Uh, a good creature on the board and you also get a tutor and yep. that's always a good thing and the other big exploit creature that I really like that I haven't gotten to use too much but I think will be very powerful when, when I get to use it is Profaner of the Dead yep. three in the blue from Dragons of Tarkir it's a Naga wizard has exploit and one Profaner of the Dead exploits a creature return to their owner's hand all creatures your opponents control with toughness less than the exploited creature's toughness so if you if you let's say exploit like that uh, that whale that's a 6-6 six, six, then it's Cyclonic Rifts, anything six or anything less than six less toughness than six, out yeah. there that's not yours. <clears throat> so it's sort of like a one-sided board wipe. It's to their hand. That's why I say it's Cyclonic Rifts, but man, it's super powerful. Yeah, I mean, it also just Host kills tokens. tokens. Yeah, yeah. Um, any like shenanigans, enchantment auras on a guy yeah. all fall off. And it's yeah. all creatures, so it's not, you know, Hexproof doesn't, doesn't care about Hexproof and all that stuff. Yeah, very, very strong. Yeah, so, I mean, that's sort of the deck in a nutshell, what I've done with it. The deck now plays a lot more controlly than mm-hmm. it used to, uh, and controlling in a way that's trying not to upset people, if that makes sense, uh, because there's a lot of uh, movement in this deck where you can sort of you know, be like, hey, I can do this to this person, or look, I can point these things at this person, and it's going to make everyone's life a little better if you don't worry about it. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to position yourself as a friend of someone else, and also, like, look, I'm just dethroning the guy. He's already up top. You know? That's an interesting thing I've noticed uh, when you're playing it is that the dethrone mechanic, while I initially didn't like it because it, it sort of dictates what how you're supposed to act, who you're supposed mm-hmm. to attack, what ends up happening is, like, I'm the guy that has the second most life. Well, I'm not that worried because I know you're not going to attack me. Yeah, we're so instant buddies, there's actually. Less, th- yeah, there's less um, incentive for me to team up with the guy with the most life because, well... You're gonna get hit, dude. Not me. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm gonna get hit after that, but that's two turns away. I can maybe deal with it. So it, it the dethroning mechanic works a little bit better than I thought it would. Yeah, I definitely enjoy dethroning people uh, because it's really easy to just for everyone to be like, okay, fine. And also, like you have that built-in excuse. It's almost like rolling the dice. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not actually picking on anyone. You just have the most life, dude. Yeah. You know, and then next yeah. turn you won't, so I'll attack somebody else. And then it's sort of people get less mad than they would if you're just choosing to attack them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> little little, little do they know you actually want to hit everybody a little bit and then kill everybody all at once. Yeah. Oh, also a card they didn't mention, Grimgrin, is great in this deck. Oh, yeah. You guys can read that guy, but he essentially, he likes plus one, plus one counters. Um, there are a few cards that I found that are really good, like Falconrath Aristocrat um, is probably the all-star for getting plus one, plus one counters on her and being a sacrifice outlet. You want to so, read it? Yeah, it's a flying haste, four drop, two, and a black and a red. A four one. 
creature vampire. Sacrifice a creature. Falconrath indestru- uh, Aristocrat is indestructible this turn. If the sacrificed creature was a human, play a plus one, plus one counter on her. Yeah, you have a human th- sub-theme, correct? Yeah, like, and you also have like Dax Duplicate, Clever Impersonator, and a lot of other things that create other humans. Um, also, Machaeus the Unhallowed uh, covers all the non-humans, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. So, you know, there's, there's enough humans in the deck that it works out well. Um, and when you can't sacrifice a human, it's great because she just makes herself indestructible. And well, and she's got a sack outlet, which you need sack, sack outlet. So, yeah, yeah, so lots of good things about that card. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's talk about my build. Yes, Josh. So I went in a completely different direction. Have um, you guys guessed it? Uh, we Yeah, we've talked about it a few times. What I did is um, I decided to ha- hide Marchesa in the deck and make Child of Alara my front man. What colors is Child of Alara? Child of Alara is Wooberg. Wow. So I made a five-color deck. It's very much like the Chromat deck, yeah. uh, with which is actually a Nekusar deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's five colors. And yeah, the reason I did it, well, there's two reasons. One is, like you said earlier, green is actually the best plus one, plus one counter color. So yeah, and and if there's a second best, it's probably white. Both of those cards are not. Both of those colors are not in Grixis, which is what Marchesa is. So I was like, oh, so I'm immediately opening myself up to the two best colors that synergize with Marchesa. So yeah. that was my big I was too thing afraid there. to go five color when I originally <laughs> made this deck. Well, and then the the reason I chose Child of Alara over some other things is that the idea of getting a plus one, plus one counter on Child of Alara and then sacking it with Marchesa out means that it just comes back from the graveyard at the end step so you can get into this loop. So let me read Child of Alara. Child of Alara is cost Wooberg, so five mana total, one of each color. It's a legendary creature in Avatar, 6-6. Six, six. It says, when Child of Alara dies, destroy all non-land permanents. They can't be regenerated. But they can be Marchesa at the back. Yep. So she board wipes, or he. I don't know if the child is a boy child or a girl. Alara it's just a child. so bizarre. Yeah, it it's just like looks the, crazy. I got like a crazy one baby. here, so, which makes it even harder to tell what it is. <laughs> it's like a baby. Coming out of this rock thing with lots of like laser, it's rainbow like, laser beams like coming 2001 out. It's 2001 Space Odyssey. It is. That was awesome. Um, so Child of Lara is the general. And something to note about Child of Alara um, also is that when the child is your commander, in order for the effect to happen, you actually have to allow the card to go to the graveyard. So if it gets destroyed um, and you choose to put it into the command zone because it's your commander, it won't have the destroy everything effect. Ah, so that is actually very interesting because in this deck, which uses Marchesa to uh, sort of reanimate Child of Lara every single turn, there is an open period where it is very vulnerable because uh, it's just sitting in the graveyard waiting for the end step. Yeah, exactly. You're vulnerable to graveyard hate for that portion of time and all, a few other things can happen. So it's just important to note that you can't just put the Child of Lara, sacrifice it, put it into your command zone and still have the effect happen. It doesn't work that way. So so what you're saying is you create a uh, a, a board wipe, repeatable board wipe that can consensually shut down the rest of that the board. That is the goal of the deck. The goal of the deck is to com- is to be able to sacrifice Child of Alara every turn if I want to and just comp- keep the board wiped except my stuff, which is recurring. So let's talk about some key cards. Uh, oh, oh, I guess we have written down, why did I choose this direction? 
Because it's way more powerful once you get all five because colors. Because I'm in there. Josh and it's five colors. Yep. Yeah. And also, yeah, I wanted no to do I wanted to use those two colors. So let's talk about some key cards in the deck. Um well the first key card is actually a mechanic. It's the graft mechanic. This is why I would build the deck Wooberg is yeah. graft. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually graft is a big theme in the new Ma- uh, Modern Masters mm-hmm. 2015 set. So we're gonna become very familiar with it. Um graft just says a creature will have graft and then a number. So I'm going to read one just so that we get an idea. I'm going to read the um, Plaxcaster Frogling. It's one, a green and a blue for a creature, Frog Mutant. It's a zero, zero, but it has graft three. So it says, this creature comes into play with three plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever another creature comes into play, you may move a plus one plus one counter from this creature onto the new creature. So if I play Mark, Marchesa next, then I can take a plus one plus one counter off this guy and put it on Marchesa. Ugh, that's living the dream with Marchesa. Yeah, so I have a lot of graph guys in here so that I can always put, and there's other creatures too, so you can always move your counters around onto mm-hmm. new guys. Um, it's very powerful. And they then, actually kill itself as well if it gets on if the you one. You want right? to, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, and then most of the graft guys have a secondary ability that has to do with plus one plus one counters. So this guy says for two mana. Target creature with a plus one plus one counter on it can't be the target of spells or abilities this turn. So Against you can shroud, yeah, yeah. So you can give any any creature you've got that has a plus one plus one counter, you can give it shroud shroud for two mana. That's insane. Yeah, and all these graph guys have abilities like that. There's another one that that says uh, gain control of target creature with a plus one plus one counter on it. So. Graft says any creature that comes into play, you can move a plus one, plus one counter to it. Oh, interesting. So you can move it to, like, Jimmy, if you play a creature, I can move a counter onto it, and then I can steal it with this other guy later. So Graft is a very powerful mechanic. It was what made me want to at least add green. And then I was like, well, there's no four-color commanders, (laughs) and I might as well just add white if I can. Um, The other key cards, uh, because Marchesa is buried in your deck, you need to tutor for... Marchesa, but you added green, and green's the best color for finding creatures. So I use uh, Survival of the Fittest and Fauna Shaman. Um, both of them do basically the same thing. Uh, Survival of the Fittest is an enchantment for two mana, and it says, pay a green, choose and discard a creature card, search your library for a creature card, reveal that card to all players, and then put it into your hand, shuffle your library. So you basically say, oh, I've got this creature in my hand, I'm going to discard it, and then go find whatever creature I want for my deck. Fauna Shaman does the same thing, but she's a 2-2 creature, and you have to tap her when you do it. So Survival of the Fittest is obviously better. <laughs> oh, yeah. However, in this deck, you actually want creatures over non-creatures because Child of Alara is going to destroy everything when it when it goes. But mm-hmm. Marchesa only brings creatures back. She doesn't bring enchantments or artifacts oh, back. Oh, right, right. So you basically want to really heavily skew towards creatures because Marchesa can protect those and recur those, whereas the, the other stuff is harder Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't want it. It's just harder to protect. Um, Graft, so good in this deck. Yeah. There's a reason that she's not in the colors with Graft. It's because she would be broken exactly. if you could have so, Graft in her colors. So you made it happen. So I was trying to break her, yeah. yeah. So um, it's, by the way, the two colors that she's not is really good for her, except for blue. Blue is kind of shared, but... Yeah, but, but, but and white and green are, are yeah. both, both great. And then one more key card I'll talk about is another green card. It's an enchantment. It's two and two green. It says, sacrifice a creature... Draw, or it's called Greater Good. I should say the name of the card, Josh. Greater Good, two and two green enchantment. Sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. So a lot of times, even if it's just a three-power creature, you're happy. You're just cycling through cards because you're looking for Marchesa or you're looking for Mm -hmm. other key cards. But most of the time, you're like, I'll sack a six-drop, 
draw six cards and then discard three. Yeah. Or so. I'll sack this card because it's coming back at the end of the turn and I'll graft more stuff onto it. Exactly. Why don't you talk about the order that you have to put creatures back in on? Because you get to choose which creatures come back in which order with her uh, ability, correct? Right. So you stack it so the graft guy hits the table first and then she comes back in and you graft onto her and then Chalavar comes back in and you graft onto that. And now if you have that, that's three creatures all with plus one, plus one counters on it. And so now you're set up to, again, just sack Child of Alara, mm-hmm. destroy the board, do the exact same thing at the next end step. So you're if you have a Graft guy, Marchesa, and Child of Alara and a sack outlet, then you're in that that loop where you can you can wrath everything every turn. It's not yeah. infinite. Well, you're also specifically using uh, land wraths. Or, I mean, land sack outlets, too. Yes. Because otherwise, Child of Alara would blow up like an Ashnod's altar or whatever. You Correct. want like, high market. You want, you want your sack outlets on a creature... Because you can protect the creature or on a land mm-hmm. if you can. Now you, it's okay to have some that are on enchantments, but you just know that they're going to go away when you when you use a Child of Lara. So yeah, um, let's talk about some cards that were in the old build but aren't here anymore. So I was looking through and I I literally changed almost the entire deck. There's very few cards that are left from the original, but notably Grave Pact and Dictate of Erebos did not make my deck. Interesting, which is, is super surprising. Is it because Child of Lara does what they're trying to do? It's exactly why. I had them in for a little while, and I eventually took them out because, yeah, Child of Alara is destroying all the creatures, so why do I need more cards in the deck? And that's my general. Right. So I don't need more cards in the deck that destroy creatures because I'm not worried about creatures. Uh, Child of Lara takes care of all of them. Good so, job, Child of Lara. You good did job, it. Child of Alara. Um, and then let's talk about some uh, cards that are still in there from the old deck. So uh, there's only a couple. But turns out Glenelendra, Archmage, is still good in this deck. Yeah. It's uh, good in my deck, too. Yeah. It's three and a blue for a creature fairy wizard. She's a 2-2 flyer. It says, pay one blue, sacrifice Glenelendra, counter target non-creature spell. But because that's not good enough, she has Persist. And what Persist is, is when this creature dies, if it had no negative one, negative one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a negative one, negative one counter on it. Mm-hmm. But the way this interacts with Graft is that you sack her, she dies, she comes back, you Graft onto her, it negates the negative one, negative one counter, and then she's just a 2-2 two, two flyer with no counters on her again. Yeah. At a certain point, it hits her, and they she has both the plus one, plus one counter and the negative, negative one counter, and then when it resolves, they look at each other and they go, boop. We like, don't need both of these because yeah. they cancel each other out, they and then they, and they go away. Yeah. Yep. So her with graft means you can counter a whole lot of non-creature spells. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not infinite because eventually your graft guy will run out of counters, but it's a lot. Yeah. And she works really well with Marquesa again, Marchesa, because <laughs> again, you stack all the triggers, you make the graft guy come in first, and you can and you can make all this happen. It's yeah. She gets pretty broken. She uh, is. Uh, by the way, I just realized this, but Glenelendra is a place, so that's not her name. Her name is not Glenelendra. Really, Glenelendra is like a plane. Yeah, you could get you could get to it in plane chase and stuff. It's actually she's an archmage from Glenelendra, so it's a so Glenelendra she's just archmage. archmage. Archmage, yeah. She's not a legendary creature. She doesn't need a name. Oh, that's a good point. Man, there's such a powerful card, and it's just an archmage. That yeah. means there's a whole lot of these on that plane. I guess so. I mean, I, that's I, a scary place, man. I don't want to go there. You can't cast pretty, any spells there. Pretty good first line of defense. It's just a bunch of Glenelendra archmages <laughs> yeah. hanging around. All right, well, good to know. But I've always just thought of her name as Glenelendra. Yeah, that's yeah, it's. It was weird for a chick to be named Glenn, but I was just rolling with it. Yeah, or fairy wizard in this case, sorry. Oh, yeah. 
I, I mean, not, I feel, not just any normal girl. Right. She's a fairy wizard. And she's, and she's flying, Josh. Sorry. And she has persist. I just thought you that can kill her and she'll It wasn't come about her back. being a girl at all. It was about <laughs> that she was named Glenn. Yeah, no. Yeah, Glenn. I, I was just saying that's not a feminine name. But. I know. We've got like crazy names like Shieldred. And yeah. then there's like, oh, Glenn. Her, she's Glenn. No offense, Glenn. Uh, you Glenn know. Jones? Yeah, no offense, Glenn. Secluded Glenn. Secluded Glenn. Miss, <laughs> miss you, buddy. Hope, 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 you, hope you can make it to GP Vegas. But, uh, but if work is there, then. Oh, yeah. Bring your Sadisi deck. We've got to play that thing again. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the other card that's still around from the old version is Toxic Deluge, which Same is one of the... Same with my deck, too. Yeah. One of the great Both these cards wipes. are just so good. That's just a card that's... It's If you're playing black, you're probably playing Toxic Deluge. Oh, it's, that's just another way to uh, mitigate life life stuff. Because you could Toxic Deluge oh, for more than you have to. It's a really good point. Just to get under Dethrone again, you know? Yeah, my deck doesn't use Dethrone a lot, but it, it does sometimes just by happenstance. Yeah. But yeah, Toxic Deluge is two and a black. And then all creatures get negative uh, X, negative X, where X is the amount of life you pay when you yeah. cast Toxic Deluge. So three drop kill everything if you want to in Commander. It's one of the best board wipes you can have. And it kills um, indestructible stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very powerful. Okay, let's talk about some cards from new sets. So I also have Sidisi Undead Vizier. That's the one that comes in exploits and then uh, demonic tutors. tutors. You so got to be able to find your commander. Yep, if you need it. Uh, I have Dagatar the Adamant. Ooh. So this is a good one. He's three and a white for a legendary creature. He's a zero zero. He has vigilance. Dagatar the Adamant enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it, and then you can play one, and then Golgari twice. So three mana total. It's one and two black, one and two green, or one a black and a green. And then you can move a plus one, plus one counter from target creature onto a second target creature. So notably, you can steal plus one, plus one counters from your opponents, yeah. or you can just move your own around, which is very powerful because you just move them off of him onto Marchesa for yeah. three mana. So again, Or a graft creature that is like out of ammo <clears throat> or something. You yep, know? you can move it. And also, if you have a graft creature that ha- gives an ability... Mm-hmm. But it only gives an ability to something that has a plus one, plus one counter. You can sort of throw your counters around, which is very powerful in the deck. Yeah. Um, uh, another card is Hardened Scales. It's one green for an enchantment. This is from uh, Cons. If one or more plus one, plus one counters would be placed on a creature you control, that many plus one, plus one, plus one counters are placed on it instead. So it gets an extra counter. Mm-hmm. This works with Graft. So you play your Graft guy, it gets an extra counter. Then you play Marchesa, and you move one counter onto her, oh, but it actually grass. becomes two counters when cool. it hits her. So, And notably, I didn't put Doubling Season in the deck, which you'd think I would because I'm playing around with plus one, plus one counters, but I realized pretty early on that mm, I don't need 50 plus one, plus one counters on anybody. I just right. need one. Right, and Hardened Scales makes it so that your graph guys just get a little extra buff. And, and it only costs one mana. And the thing is, if you're going to play Doubling Season, you should be abusing the token part of it as yeah. well. So if you're just doing it for the plus one, plus one counters, Hardened Scales is a much better bet for something that is way less threatening to the people on the board. Because if people don't understand how the deck works, they'll see Doubling Season and be like, this guy's going to do some broken things with doubling everything, but yep. really you're not. it doesn't actually matter. It's a That's actually a really good point, and the biggest reason was just that Doubling Season makes people automatically think you're going to just kill everybody the next turn right. and hardened scales super innocuous mm-hmm. you play hardened scales people go what's that do okay they, they don't even raise an eyebrow and then we're always looking for cards that sort of double up what our commander does this is maybe because we were so used to tuck for so long but mm-hmm. also it's just a good idea to have redundancy in your deck and uh so i added bearer of the heavens this guy's ridiculous yeah this- i just realized the text on this doesn't specify any non-land per- it's just exactly oh my gosh so bearer of the heavens is the win it, it very often will win the game once you get it it's seven and a red so eight mana total for a 10 10 
creature giant. It says, when bearer of the heavens dies, destroy all permanence at the beginning of the next end step. All permanence. Yeah. So if you get a 1-1 counter on it with Graft and Marches is out, then all you got to do is sack bearer of the heavens, and at the next end step, everybody's everything will go away. And you still have a 10-10. With a plus one plus one, and you still have Marchesa, and yeah. you still have your Graft guy. You know you're you're in great shape yeah. because you have three or four. You creatures. definitely don't have a sack outlet <laughs> unless it's on a creature. Yeah, unless it's on a creature. But because your stuff recurs, yeah. Then no, oh, we, one thing we didn't mention about Child of Valar that's important to note is that Child of Valar actually has to hit the graveyard to have its effect. Oh right. So Child of Valar says when Child of Valar dies, destroy all non-land permanents. They can't be regenerated. Well, that doesn't work if you put it directly into the command zone. It has to actually go to the graveyard, which is why it's so perfect with Marchesa, because with Marchesa, the stuff goes to the graveyard and sits there and then comes back at the end step. So all these abilities are triggered. Bearer of the Heavens is the same way. If it got exiled, it wouldn't do its thing. Mm -hmm. But if it goes to the graveyard, then it does. So, Yeah, it's scary to play against this deck. Uh, I remember playing against it once with one of my best decks, and I maybe made one mistake, and it was just, it was like I was constantly fighting to get through all your guys and to like keep the board clean and just stop as many shenanigans as possible, but it still pushed through, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, if if you land that combo where you can basically recur Child of Alara with Marches out and a Graft guy, then you, it's really hard for any decks to do anything because they just can't keep any non-land permanents on the table. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is there's a lot of utility with all the creatures with Graft, and there's a few other guys that care about... They give abilities to stuff with plus one, plus one counters. Mm-hmm. And like like there's a guy that's just a fog on a stick for... you know, Oh, yeah. And, and that card is super powerful in the deck because what you do is you pay a couple mana, take a plus one, plus one counter off it, and then you fog whenever you want. And, and so... That actually stops people from attacking you, and it makes it so that you just survive until the combo gets going. And there's a lot of stuff like that in the deck, so a lot of utility. It plays very... It's controlly. Um, it's usually just trying to control the board, control the action out there, and not die until it can get that engine going. Yep. Good job, Josh. You terrorized the board again. <laughs> All right. So that is a pretty cool look at how we took a deck that we initially built and then found it to be lacking, and then went in two different directions with it. There's actually other directions you can probably go with Marchesa. That's just the two that we went. Um, Yeah, a lot of decks probably need that. I mean, honestly, I probably have two decks right now that I could do that to, that same philosophy of like, uh, it's okay. (laughs) No, no, I just mean like totally retune it. Just give it an overhaul. Make it five Um, color. Make it five color, yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, so... At some point, you're going to run out of lands to keep doing this. That's what I keep telling myself. (laughs) Well, I just keep buying more lands. You know, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, This is probably the last deck I have enough old school dual lands to actually do. So so in a way, you are... You're correct. Ha-ha! No more five-color beasts from Josh. Yeah. Uh, Tuning decks is very important. It's something that we'll probably cover way more in the future, but it's it's always good to... No deck's ever finished, especially because new cards are coming out. They'll give you new ideas, and in in Marchesa's case, there's a lot of really fun stuff that came out in these past, like, half a year that has all been excellent for the deck. And now all that uh, graph stuff's coming out in uh, Modern Modern Masters Masters, 2015, so if anybody wants to build uh, that type of deck, now's the time. Yeah, that Plax Caster frog thing is definitely in Modern Masters 15. That thing is pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, okay, let's go to the end step. End step. Um, I have a pretty cool one. It's St. Jude's Children's Hospital combined with the Mana Source. So our buddy Wedge has been doing uh, some some fundraising for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Um, I donated when they, were, they did a ch- Twitch stream of uh, the podcast with the professor. And 
you know, at the time you're listening to this, I'm not 100% sure that he's still running that charity. If he is, you should go through the mana source, and I definitely encourage you to donate to the Children's Hospital. I mean, you can't find a better cause. But also, if he's not running that event, you can still donate to St. Jude's yeah, Children's Hospital. Definitely. It's it's a very it's a very good cause. Um, it's the type of hospital where they take in sick kids, and then once they've taken them in, they pay for 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 everything. So they're they're run by these fundraising activities, and and they really you know allow families and people that wouldn't be able to afford the kind of treatment that they need to get it. So it's it's yeah. super important. Medical bills are so hard, especially on families that have a child that is sick, because it, it's something that completely warps the family's life around. And if they can't get to the amount of money they need, you know, this is it's really important to to get the money for these kind of things because it, it really does change people's lives. Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely a big proponent of just charities in general. As, and St. Jude is a great children's research hospital. These It's one of the top in the nation. Uh they do really yeah. good work. I mean it's it's definitely a worthy cause. You couldn't find a more worthy cause. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and so we'll have of course all those links in the uh show notes and we'll tweet them out as well. Okay, time for the big giveaway. And the moment you've all been waiting for, we have winners. Oh, so exciting. Woo, prize, prize time for everyone that entered in our contest. A reminder, if you guys did not know what's going on, we are giving away copies of The Warded Man by Peter Brett. Uh, It's an awesome book. It's a fancy book. We've talked about a bunch on the show, and Del Rey reached out to us and helped us facilitate this awesome giveaway. So we have 10 winners, uh, and the question was, uh, out of the Modern Masters 2015 set, what card are you looking the most forward to, and which deck is it going to make its uh, way into? Yeah, we had a we had a lot of people um, interested in, in winning this book, and we had a lot of entries, and it was really actually interesting yeah. to see what people said. I would say that um, Elish Norn was easily far and away the the number one card that most of our listeners were um, were yeah. excited about. I mean, it fits the whole, is also a legendary creature, so it could also be a commander. So I think it definitely, it had, you know, it hit all the marks. It's a great EDH card. It's a great commander. It's a great a lot of things. I mean, that card is just a house. Yeah, I doubt you can find a a white deck or a deck that has white that would not want that card. (laughs) I mean, it's never bad. Yeah, Like, I don't care what your deck's doing. If you put Elishnorn out, it's always going to do something good for you. Yeah precisely all right so we're going to select our 10 winners now thank you guys so much for participating this is great because this also shows us that we can do other kinds of giveaways not just magic related and that means that our giveaways for you guys is that just expands the field for what we can do for you in the future yeah speaking of elishnorn oh yeah exactly number one our first winner is donald warner at donald s angry or donald's angry i guess not donald s angry um and he said <laughs> elishnorn for my gaddock teague to make to take more fun from people oh <laughs> I, gu- I guess hey, it could be worse it could be iona yeah that's true you oh my gosh your deck is just built around putting Ion out and Elish. Okay, yes. Congratulations, Donald. Um, you want to go for the next one? Sure. Wally Bullard or Wally Bullard? Bouillard. It's You're French. At... Oh, Wally Bouillard. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. I hope that's actually how you pronounce it. If not, his uh, Twitter name is at Mana Sculptor. And uh, Wally said. Bitter Blossom for my Anafenza EDH deck. That's the one card I wanted to get for Anafenza that I, that I didn't because it was just so expensive. So I'm glad that he has the same thoughts. Yeah, Wally and you are, are simpatico. Yeah. Also, not to mention, if you get Bitter Blossom in draft, oh my goodness. Oh, uh, you win yeah, probably. It's just it's it's okay when you're behind, but it's still pretty okay when you're behind, which is great. Yeah. I mean, if you could just live one more turn, then you're fine. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, our third winner is Marissa Miller at Das underscore Shishka. And she said, pumped about Dark Confidant for my Erebos God of Nope attrition slash control deck. More draw, please. <laughs> God of Nope. I like that. Yeah, I do too. That's really fun. Um, awesome. <laughs> I've actually never played against an Erebos deck. I bet it would be very effective. Uh, not if she's saying nope all the time. Yeah, well, not effective for other oh. people, but for herself, it's awesome. Oh, it's effective for her. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I meant, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> feel effective. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, the fourth winner is Matt Lewis at Lewis MD13. He says, oh, I like this wording. I need a foil mystic snake for my Sidisi spider spawning deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the guy that was building a Sidisi deck. And then he heard our, uh, our Brian David Marshall episode where BDM talked about his Sidisi, uh, the spider spawning part. And then he, so he was like, got all inspired and, and used a lot of that stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, also, I mean, because every pack of Modern Masters has a foil in it, the chances of you getting a foil Mystic Snake are actually pretty pretty good. That that card's actually one of the the cards that I'm most excited about just from an art standpoint because the card just looks really good with the new border and everything. Yeah, it does. Um, also, notably, that card is uh, uh, also a powerhouse, I guess, in Marshall's Animar deck. So two guest decks that both use Mystic Snake. Also, two guests that both love blue-green. I wonder why. <laughs> All right, number five, we have Ray Tomlin at Ray716 underscore, who said, I'm really looking forward to getting a copy of Vendillion Click. I love the art and want to make a deck based on that card. That would be very interesting to play against because it feels like it's very good one-on-one. I'd love to see how you could play it politically with uh, Flickr or what have you to make it into a uh, commander. Yeah, uh Clicks seems like it would be just broken in one-on-one, but it'd be way tougher when you get to about four players. So, yeah, interesting, but, interesting. But who doesn't love a challenge? All right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, number six is Chad Martinell. Uh, Chad was via email, so I don't have a Twitter handle. He says, Wilt Leaf Liege, and it will be going in my Gave deck. Also, shout out to Kozilek, because I don't own one yet. <laughs> And he's talking about Kozilek Butcher of Truth, specifically. Yeah. I don't own a Kozilek either, Chad, so yeah. I'm with you. Me, I'm with you as well. I can't wait to play one specifically against Craig because he's played one against me multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> he played one against us just the other night, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, in his Rakdos deck. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. He pretty much got every legal Eldrazi out on us in that single game. So <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, we're dead, right? I yeah. mean, are we dead? <laughs> We're, we're he's like no dead. just sacrifice six permanents okay we're like all right thank you annihilator for really making things fun okay number seven we have gabriel robinson at tap for red i already like you gabriel I'm, i like what, what you're doing here he said i'm really excited for the reprint of splinter twin all right i'm really liking you gabriel i already own kiki jiki and uh it will work very well in my perforos deck so, Gabriel, I believe we are of the same spirit animal. If these Yeah, are. I feel like you guys are soulmates or something. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> in that case, Kiki-Jiki also I would love to get, just to have more, I guess, you know? Yeah, uh, I, w- I would love for you to not get more of that. <laughs> yeah, I love that card too much. All right, number eight is Christopher Bond. Bond. Christopher Bond. <laughs> I was like, did that even make sense? I'm glad it did. Okay, <laughs> he says, Apocalypse Hydra, it would go in my Prosh deck. P.S. Really Tarmogoyf so I can sell it and buy several EDH decks. 
That's, that's uh, true. That's smart thinking, Christopher. Yeah, a single Tarmogoyf could buy you like every uh, colored set from a commander set from 2014 and 13, I think. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, probably. So you could literally get 10 decks out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good value for a single card that's bad in our format. So excellent. Hope it's foil, buddy. Hope it's foil. Uh, yeah, then no- you can get even more. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine, uh, Wes Kane at Dave's Golden Duck said, Elish Norn, Grand Cenobite for my Duran EDH deck. By the way, great podcast. Thank you, Wes. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually pretty good for Duran because you, you don't really care about the power boost, but it is nice to just have plus two toughness across the board. Yeah, I mean, it's still giving plus two power, plus two, plus two, basically. And yeah. also, it still kills all your opponent's stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and the last... One number ten is Mark Jason Polino Paulino at the Gylox. Gylox? Sure. <laughs> at the JY Locks. He says, looking to get a cryptic command with that sweet new modal formatting for my Dragonlord Ojutai deck. Ooh, very nice. In fact, I'm surprised I didn't see more cryptic command because that card is incredibly excellent in our format yeah uh, quite a few people said it i, I think mm. you know again these are just chosen at random so we we got just a there's a high variance sample there true that true that oh we should say um what you need to do if you heard your name as one of the winners you need to email us at um commandcast at rocketjump.com and you need to let us know that what your name was that you're one of the winners and then you have to give us your mailing address uh, and then Delray will be sending you your ne- shiny new copy of The Warded Man. And I'm uh-huh. totally jealous of all of you <laughs> because it's a sweet book. And you get to experience it for the first time. That's yep. the best way Pretty to experience awesome. a new book. And Jimmy, so do you. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to it. I believe we got a copy sent to our office. I did not enter the contest, uh, but if I had to answer, I would probably say Cryptic Command because I just want them all for my decks. Just more Cryptic <laughs> I thought... Wait. Yeah, I, I have to go with Karn. Oh, but, yes, um, actually, Karn. Yeah, Karn is definitely pretty good. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. If you did not win, don't worry. You can still get a hold of the book on Amazon, on your Kindle. You can go to the bookstore, Barnes & Noble, any of all that stuff. Uh, definitely check it out and let us know what you guys think, especially Josh, because Josh has read it and he knows the series quite well. Yeah, I'm very, very interested uh, to see how people like the book. And if you've read the series, uh, I'm interested in, like, you know, what you think, how it's going to end, or what you think is going to happen, and, and stuff like that. It's always fun to talk about. So, um, And for those of you that just won it, I hope you enjoy it. And guys, if you did not win, um, this is a thing that we're hoping to do uh, on a fairly regular basis with Del Rey. So there will be hopefully more de- more books coming down the pipe, and you know there'll be more chances to win. Yeah, that's super awesome. I can't wait to do more giveaways. It's one of the more fun parts of the podcast because we get to give back to you guys who uh, listen, rate us highly on iTunes, and tweet at us and all this fun stuff. And hopefully soon get to hang out with us in Vegas. Woohoo! All right, congratulations to everybody. I, th- I'm i really excited that everyone's getting this book. I, it's one of my favorites. I, I love it. Um, I've read it quite a few times, like I said. I would be excited to hear anybody's thoughts on the book, any of you winners or anybody that just goes and grabs it on their own uh, after you've checked it out, uh, how you liked it, what mm-hmm. you think. Also, the series is not done, so any cool speculation about how you think it's going to end. And you can follow Peter V. Brett, the author, at PV Brett on Twitter, and I would encourage you to do that also. All right, guys. Um, oh, don't forget, GP Vegas, The Gathering, 
Vegas it's going to be awesome. Vegas the Gathering. It's going to be awesome. Uh, in the show notes, you can find all the information to the Facebook uh, event page. Uh, definitely check it out. If you're planning on coming, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Also, listen to our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. It's at the MMCast on Twitter. Alex and Ben do a great job there. They talk about competitive magic. They're also going to be in Vegas at The Gathering. You can meet those guys there, and you can yeah. team up and beat them at EDH. Uh, Jimmy and I will team up, totally team up with you. Oh, in a in a heartbeat, we'll team up with you. <laughs> I should mention, by the way, I'm gonna also be reading the uh, the the Warded Man with everyone else because we're gonna get a copy at the office, and I can't wait. I've never read it before. I've heard so much about it, and I'm gonna read it as well. So you'll hear my thoughts about it soon. Ooh, I'm excited! I'm excited to hear your thoughts, and I'm excited for you to read it. I mean, you're yeah. really the lucky person in this because you're getting something awesome and new, and right, I'm Josh. I'm not. I don't know. It's awesome, but it's not new. You did get Legacy of the Void beta. That, actually, I'm the real winner in that. <laughs> That's a good point. That's touche, my friend. Touche. touche yeah. You're still my hero for that. Uh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.